Hi, this is Pastor Curtis. I want to thank you for checking out the Family Church Podcast. I hope it encourages you and inspires you to take your next step of faith. You can find out more about how to do that at our website, familychurch.xyz. And if you know a friend who needs to hear this message, please forward it on to them. I hope you enjoy the message. Welcome everyone to Vision Sunday. Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, the Bible tells us, said this once. He said uh, in Proverbs 29, 18, he said, where there's no vision, the people perish. I want to read that in a in the, the message paraphrase because it kind of explains it and help, it'll help us unpack it a little bit more as far as what he was talking about there. The message paraphrase of Proverbs 29, 18 says, if people can't see what God's doing, in other words, if there's no clarity in your life about God and you know his plan and purpose for your life, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, in other words, when you, when, when you finally realize and you begin to see, that, understand that vision that God has for you, they are most blessed. We don't want you stumbling your way through life. We want you to live a blessed life, a happy life, a fulfilled life, the life that God has in store for you. And God has a vision for this church, yes, but he also has a vision for you as well, for each of us individually. So real quick, I want to go over our vision and mission statement, then I want to talk to you about God's vision for you, and then I want to conclude by talking about God's vision for us as family church, as a church. Our vision, as you've probably already heard at least two or three times, is all people. Our vision is that all people would take their next step towards Jesus, whether they're lost, in need of a Savior, and taking that very first step, or if they've been a Christian and they've been a Jesus follower for 40 years. Still, everyone has a next step because we never arrive. The walk of faith, you never arrive. It's a, it's, it's a journey, not a destination. And it'll be a journey until God comes back for us, right? So that all people would take their next step towards Jesus. And our mission is to be the easiest place for people to experience the love and forgiveness of Jesus Christ. That's why we do what we do here every Sunday morning. Now, as far as how this applies to you individually, the Apostle Paul sort of lays this out for us in his letter to a church in an ancient city called Ephesus back in the first century, Ephesians chapter 5, listen to this, these statements by the Apostle Paul. He says, he's instructing these Christians in that first century church. He says, be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand, understand what the Lord wants you to do. So the apostle warns us against living foolishly and actually encourages us, encourages us to live wisely. But this is how he, this is how he defines living wisely. He, he, he uses this interesting word. He, he, he uses the word, take, take advantage of this opportunity. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. The Greeks had two words. The Greek language had two words for the word time. One of those is the word chronos, K-R-O-N-S, from which we get our word chronology. And it's referring to a specific uh, time frame. Like if, you, if your work day is 8 to 4, that, that, that would be kind of a chronos time. But they had another word for time as well, and it's the word kairos, which it's referring to a, a specific, uh, unique time in someone's life. Not, not a set time, but just kind of this unique 
uh, uh, I don't know what, how you describe it, this unique stage or unique era that, that someone's going through at a specific time. And so as you would apply it to this, this, these comments by the Apostle Paul, so what he's saying is, look, he's saying God looks down on this messed up world and is saying, because the days are so evil, I'm going to create a, a, an opportunity, a special moment in time for my church to do what I've called it to do. And here's what we need to understand. A Kairos moment, that demands a response from us. We can't just let that lie. A Kairos moment, this unique opportunity demands a response from us because it's a small window of opportunity, and we're in it right now, folks. We're in a Kairos moment right now. We're in it. And that's why God needs us to be a church in motion, a church that will step up and and seize that Kairos moment. And part of my job as your pastor is to help us recognize and seize this Kairos moment in time. So I'm going to give you four ways to do this. These are four verbs, four action words that's calling us to action so we can seize this Kairos moment that we're in right now. The first action word is follow. Follow. And this is how we come to know God. See, you you, you you don't come to know God by believing in him. You come to know God by following him. Think about this. Two times Jesus said, believe in me. 22 times he said, follow me. Follow me. Because that's where, that's where life change comes. Believing in him, that's fine. But you know what? The Bible says that Satan believes in God. Last I heard, he ain't going to heaven. Really? So you, 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 it's, it's in the following Jesus. That's where we really get some spiritual traction and begin to dial in that vision that he has for us and the plan and purpose that he has for us. In the three years that we have rebranded and, and made a pivot in how we do ministry here uh, at Family Church, we started becoming more outward focused. And since then, think about this, 143 people 143 people have accepted that invitation to follow Jesus. And I think that deserves, I have 143 people have accepted Jesus' invitation to follow him. But the Bible also makes clear that once having surrendered our life to Christ, as soon as possible, I mean as soon as possible, we should go public with that confession of faith. In other words, we need to let people know. And the way that we do that is through water baptism through water baptism. And last year, we got to celebrate with 75 people who went public with their faith and obeyed the Lord's command to be water baptized. Think about that. 75 people. And if you've accepted Jesus' invitation to follow him but have never been water baptized, we're going to give you that opportunity in a couple of weeks. September 18th, mark it on your calendar, is going to be our Family Fun Fest and Water Baptism Sunday. See, water baptisms are, that's one of the highlights of our year here at Family Church because you know what? We pray hard, but we play hard too. We just came out of 21 days of prayer and fasting. You know, we pray hard, but you know what? We play hard too. The Bible says that the angels rejoice in heaven when someone gets saved. Well, we, we rejoice on earth when they go public with that at their water baptism. So even if you're not getting water baptized, come and celebrate with those that, are, that have chosen to follow the Lord and go public with their confession of faith in him. That's going to be at 11 o'clock right after uh, the last service. Uh, we're going to feed you. We're going to have inflatables. So it's going to be a good time. So, so put that on your calendar and plan to come and join us so, for that big day of celebration for those that are going to go public with their declaration of faith in Jesus Christ. The second action verb is connect. Connect. And this is where we find freedom. It is a fact. It is a fact that the more connected you are to the body of Christ, the better off your life's going to be. Solomon, again, the wisest man who ever lived, tells us in Ecclesiastes 4, verse 12, 
A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer, and three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Literal translation, we're better together. We're better together. And we've all seen the National Geographic videos, right, where you've got four or five lions that are coming up to a herd of 200 wildebeest or zebras. And so, so how do they approach that? You know, they're no match for that many wildebeest. What do they do? They, they, they try to isolate one, right? They work together to try to, and, and usually the one that they're trying to isolate is a weak or young or, or sickly one, right? Folks, the devil operates the same way. Same, same principle, same strategy, same thing. He, he looks for, and here's the thing. We all, when we come to Jesus, we're all weak. We're all sickly. We're all broken. Jesus said it's not the well who need the physician, but the sick. So when we come to Jesus, we're already kind of weakly and broken, right? That's why we need, as soon as possible, we need to connect with our herd. We, we need to get with our herd, our, our, you know, our church. Our, and, and we do that through growth groups. We do that through growth groups. And that's the sooner we do that, the better off that we're going to be, all right? So because we come to Jesus broken and have all these things from our past, baggage from the past, that's why we have a, a ministry here called Celebrate Recovery that meets every Thursday. CR, is, it's a Christ-centered 12-step recovery program for anyone struggling from, with some of their baggage from the past, hurt, habits, hang-ups, whatever. And, and Mike Holtwick and his team, uh, Dana, Connie, and Derek, they do a tremendous job of, 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 uh, of facilitating that ministry. But that's for people. That, that's for people that are just coming out, out from the world after being beat up, and they're broken and bruised, and they're wanting to look forward and not to the past. Believe it or not, our Helping Hands Food Pantry kind of plays a role in this as well because a lot of these people that are broken and coming out of a place of darkness, lots of times they need practical needs. They have practical needs, sometimes even like groceries and food. And so through our Helping Hands Food Pantry, we're able to kind of assist these people and help them along the way when they, come in, when they bump up into those, those difficult times in their life. Um, and with your help, with your generosity, and through the Harvester's Food Bank, Family Church was able to provide 17,000, think about this, 17,187 meals to 772 households in and around our community. So that deserves a praise as well, all right? So those of you who give, thank you, thank you, thank you so much to enable us to do that. Not not only did that enable us to provide food assistance locally, we were also able to support the spread of the gospel in other places, even around the world. Because in 2021, think about this, because of your generosity, in 2021, we were able to spend $26,000, give $26,000 to missions, both both here and abroad as well. $26,000 in 2021. This year, 2022, again, because of your generosity and your faithfulness to put God first in your giving, we're on pace to increase that missions budget from $26,000 to $40,000. So that deserves a, a hand clap as well. Our growth groups also play a huge role in this step of finding freedom. I, I referenced that earlier. But we offer growth groups in the fall and in the spring. In fact, we're getting ready to launch those here in the next couple of weeks. So you need to understand, real spiritual growth, your, your real spiritual growth doesn't happen on Sunday mornings, even as amazing as the sermons are. Let me back up. Uh, your real spiritual growth doesn't, doesn't happen on Sunday mornings, even as amazing as the sermons are. Thank you. Thank you. 
Your spiritual growth, seriously, your spiritual growth comes from being connected to a spiritual support group. We call them growth groups. And I strongly encourage you to join one if you haven't yet. Why? Because when it comes to your spiritual growth, circles are better than rows. Circles are better than rows. Last year, we had about 120 people involved in one of our growth groups. 120 people. That deserves a hand clap as well. 120 people involved in one of our growth groups. And, you know, part of me is happy about that. Part of me is sad and then discouraged by it because with the size of our church now, we should have a lot more people plugged into a growth group. So if you're not plugged into a growth group, seriously, invite God into that conversation and be open to do what he tells you to do. If we're going to be the generation that recognizes this kairos, this this opportunity, this special moment in time that, that God's put before us, it begins by accepting Jesus' invitation to follow him, followed by getting water baptized, but then followed by connecting to a network, a spiritual support group for, for uh, support and accountability. Right? And then the third thing that I'm encouraging you to do, the third action word, is discover. Discover. Discover your purpose. Discover. Discover why in the world you were created in the first place. Well, my mom and dad said I was an accident. They weren't planning on having any more kids, and then I showed up. No, no, no. That's their story. That's, that's their story. That's not God's story. You know what God's story is about you? Let me tell you what God's story is about you. The psalmist tells us in Psalm 139, verses 13 to 16, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. Verse 15, you watched me as I was being formed in other seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark womb. So while, while you were in your mama's womb, God was creating you, he put a little bit of this temperament in him and put a little bit of that in her and so forth. While you were in your mother's womb, God was doing all of this stuff. And then verse 16, this is amazing, Psalm 139, 16. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book, in your book. Every moment was laid out. Think about that. All the days laid out for you are in a book in God's library. Isn't that amazing? You weren't an accident, folks. You weren't an accident. You were intentionally woven together by your creator, God. The difference between you and David is, David said, I know this. I know this. Look at how well I know it. David knew it. Do you know it? Do you know that? Because if you don't, you should. You should know that. Mark Twain said the two most important days of your life are the day that you were born and the day that you find out why. You, me, we were all born to make a difference. Follow, connect, discover. And the fourth action word, the fourth verb is serve, serve. This is where we make a difference. You wouldn't think so, but honestly, this is, this is the verb that really brings the most joy. When, when you do something, think about this. When you do something and, and, it, and it makes a difference in someone else's life, I'm telling you, there's just such a sense of fulfillment and joy when you know that you made a difference in someone else's life. And if you don't believe me, go ask someone. Go ask some of these people who serve on our dream teams. They'll tell you. That's where they come back week after week after week. The happiest people on this planet are those who are doing something that make a difference in someone else's life. 1 Peter 4 verse 10 says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety. See that word variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Another variety of gifts. Some of you serve him with your voices. 
coming up here and leading us in praise every Sunday morning. Some of you serve him by playing an instrument up here. Some of you serve him by, by, by being on our First Impressions Dream Team. And you stand out there and you greet people every Sunday morning, rain or shine or snow or sleet, right? And you, you're out there with a smile and, a, and you hug and, and, a, and a handshake. Some of you serve him by pouring cups of coffee for people as they come in inside those doors over there. Some, some of you serve him by changing dirty diapers back in the, 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 the nursery. Bless your hearts. Some of you serve him by operating a camera for, for not just those here, but for those that watch as part of our EFAM as well. Some of, you, some of you serve him by teaching children Bible lessons back in our educational wing back there. And there's a, that's a big team as well. And, and it takes a big team to do that. But if they don't do that, then we can't do what we do out here. So some of you serve him by teaching Bible lessons about Jesus. And here's the exciting part. When you do this, not only does it encourage you, God likes it. God actually likes it when we do this. He likes it when we finally realize why we were created, why we were created, and, and begin to use the unique gifts and talents that he created us with, even when we were in the womb, when we begin to use those gifts to serve others. You want to know how to get God's attention? Serve others in his name. Listen to what Jesus said in John 15, verse 8. When you produce much fruit, and the way we produce fruit is by serving others, he says, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. Watch this video. Hello, my name is Monty Rogers, and Angie and I have attended Family Church here in Wellsville since January 2022. We attended two or three services here at Family Church, and, and then after church uh, one day, we decided, hey, let's take the next class, the class which is called Next. And um, during that discussion, Kyle Wright kept it very simple. Uh, he reminded us all that we're all soiled rags, and we really needed to work to be just 1% better. So I processed that, and I thought, hey, look, you know, he said the bar real easy for me because if I'm a soil rag and I just needed to get 1% better day, then I thought I could be comfortable in, in meeting that goal. One of the best decisions that I think we made here at Family Church was to join the various teams and groups. Um, these opportunities allow us to interact with other family members and it's helped us uh, to strengthen our faith and, and increase our spiritual wisdom. I feel like I'm growing each day. And by reprioritizing and just slowing down, um, I found peace and still, which allows me to focus on my relationship with God. Um, I found with the right growing relationship with God, um, I now have that substance to, to fill that void. And uh, I still have the same determination and goal-driven aspects, um, which blended uh, spiritual uh, wisdom now, which, which allows me to, to know God, um, to find my freedom during peace and quiet. And this allows me to find my purpose, actually, um, on this earth, as well as um, here at Family Church. Uh, with the ongoing favor that God has always provided for me, even though I thought most of the time that I was creating this on my own, um, I, wanted, I know that I want to serve and help others. Thanks, Monty, for sharing that. Listen, your life will only be as successful as the cause that you attach it to. Let me say that again. Your life will only be as successful as the cause that you attach it to. 
And we have numerous causes and service opportunities here at Family Church. We call them dream teams. I've already referenced them. If you've been coming to Family Church for a while, if you consider Family Church to be your church home, then you need to join with us. You need to jump in. This is all skate. In order to accomplish what God's called us to do, we need everyone on board with this. And the way that you do that here at Family Church is by taking our next class. And as Kyle said, we offer this once a month. Monty alluded to it. Once a month, right after the 11 o'clock service. In fact, over the past three years, we welcomed over 100 new people to our church family. 107, to be exact. 107 people completed the next class over the last three years. And so that deserves... At the end of each of those classes, we give an opportunity to serve uh, in one of our ministry, to sign up for one of our ministry dream teams. And uh, right now, we have approximately, look at it, we got these different groups. Right now, we have approximately 95 dream team members. 95 dream team members. And that deserves a clap, too. 95. But... We still need more. We, we, we still need your help. The majority of those serve on our First Impressions team that greets everyone each Sunday morning, and Lori heads that up and does an amazing job, and they're the folks that you see when you pull into the parking lot with a smiling face and, and a fist bump or a hug of your neck, just someone to welcome you when you get here. And, and another one of our dream teams we call our Outreach uh, Ministry, and uh, Lou, along with her amazing team of, of uh, Amber and Debbie and Angie and April, they, they help... Uh, they help us one another, our community. We, we put together a, a basket uh, with some goodies in it and, and a card of appreciation and, and just take it to the local businesses and to the school in town. And just, we just want to one another. Jesus said to one another each other. And so our, our outreach ministry, that, that's one of the things that they do. Uh, Kyle referenced our AVL and worship and Zach and Dan and all those guys back there who, who do an amazing job with our audiovisual department. Um, and and you, think, you think about this, over the past, uh, was it just last year or a couple of years, um, we leveraged our technology and our Sunday morning live streams were viewed by 47,000, they were viewed 47,000 times last year. 47,000 times last year. And we're constantly put, trying to put together an engaging worship service, not just for you here, but for those that watch our live streams as well. And I don't know if you've noticed or not, but we've got a new LED board behind me here to kind of help with, with some of our logistical video challenges. And it's interesting because now that football season is here, I, I've had a number of guys suddenly feeling like God wants us to start having potluck lunches on those same Sundays that the Chiefs have a noon kickoff. Uh, I told them to pray about it and get back with me, and so we'll see what we can do there. Uh, isn't it interesting how we get real spiritual, you know, when we, when we get some of those? Our, our, design, our design team leader, Lisa Wilhite, and all those, again, a lot of you double dip. You work in multiple groups, and that's great. But Lisa and, and her uh, design team, uh, they kill it. I mean, kill it every time in preparing for special holidays, you know, uh, we'll, we'll, you know, like for Christmas or Mother's Day or Father's Day. You know, she'll decorate, and we'll have a, like a photo booth, you know, where you can, people can take families. But it's not just that. Uh, when we do our At the Movie series, how many of you remember we, we were here for our At the Movie series last year? That was Lisa and her team that put that environment together, that, that atmosphere, so it actually looked like you were coming to the movies. And that's huge because we, we, that is our most requested uh, series of the year at the movies. 
What we do is we just take, they're, they're modern day parables. We just take movies and we, we attach biblical truths to them. And it's amazing how people that couldn't connect at a, a, a traditional church environment will connect with the gospel in those type of environments. So thank you to our design, design team and all those that work so, so hard on that team. Uh, then there's our children's ministry volunteers who serve on our family kids dream team. Uh, Natalie, Jessica, and all those who work uh, in our children's ministry also do an amazing job in helping us reach the next generation for Christ. And, and this is really big, and I'll tell you why. Statistics tell us that 63% of individuals become Christian between the age, ages of 4 and 14. 63% of people accept Christ between the ages of 4 and 14. 34% of people accept Christ between the ages of 15 and 29. In other words, watch this. I'm going to do the math for you. 97% of people become Christian before the age of 30. Before the age of 30. In case that didn't register, that's, that's 97. That, mean, that means if you asked 100 people when they became a Christian, 63 became a Christian between the ages of 4 and 14, 34 between the ages of 15 and 29, and only 3 out of 100 after the age of 30. So kudos to our Family Kids Dream Team for, the, for their part in helping us reach the next generation while we have this opportunity. In fact, I want to read you, I want to read you a testimony uh, of someone who recently attended family church for the first time. We got some, this is their, their feedback, because we always get some feedback from people. Uh, this, this is what she said. She said, I genuinely enjoyed the music, atmosphere, and message. I appreciated how relatable it was. My kids, and here's what I want you to hear. My kids had a great time and loved sharing their family bracelets with me. We'll be returning soon. That's what it's all about, folks. What's all this mean? It means that the greatest return on ministry investment, listen, listen to me, the greatest return on ministry investment, our best stewardship of the resources that God brings in through you is an investment in the faith of the next generation. That's where our dollars are best spent, investing in the faith of the next generation. Now, I don't know about, I don't know if you realize it or not, but we here at Family Church are in a Kairos opportunity right now and have been for, for quite a while. We are experiencing something very special during this moment in time, something that generations have prayed would happen, something that Sue and I have prayed for years would happen. And, and now it's happened, and it's just, it's just amazing to, to be in the midst of this miracle in motion, because that's what we are. We are a miracle in motion. When you look at the different metrics that the expert use to chart church growth and church health, we're blowing those out of the water, people. We are blowing those out of the water. The number of returning visitors for a second visit, the number of social media and media engagement. Three years ago, three years ago, our Easter attendance was in the 80s. Two years ago was COVID. Last year, we had 285 in three services. This past Easter, we had 465 over five services. Yeah, yeah. You say, well, you just into numbers. You bet we're into numbers because each of those numbers represent a person. God's into numbers too. There's a book in the Bible called Numbers. So yes, we are into numbers. Our Sunday morning attendance has quadrupled in the past two years, and we've added two new services. But probably the most amazing statistic to me, and this has got to be a record. I don't know who tracks this stuff, but think about this. From the time that we started meeting again in person post-COVID, Father's Day, June 2020, from that Sunday, for, and every Sunday over a year, over a year, we had a first time, never stepped into this building before, visitor. 
every Sunday for over a year in Wellsville, people, in Wellsville. That's a miracle. I mean, we've been here 34 years. I mean, we go, you know, there were years we'd be doing good to get 10 people over the course of, then 10 first-time visitors over a year. Because the blessings in favor of God have been on Family Church and because of your generosity, we've been able to put together an inspiring and engaging Sunday morning worship service that unchurched people would like to attend. Because to reach those that no one's reaching, you got to do what no one else is doing. And God has blessed us immensely, which is great, which is great. But the more people you have means the less space you have. And trust me, we are painfully aware of this and have been looking and praying about different options. And one of those options is repurposing this existing structure and facility and utilizing our lot over here uh, to the south of us. And uh, we have, and we've told you this before, we hired an architect to help us through this process, this part of the process. And, and honestly, just being very honest, it's taken a lot longer than any of us anticipated. But I will tell you this. Please know, we're not, we're not trying to be secretive. We just don't know. We, we haven't heard anything yet. So we're not intentionally withholding information. This is as frustrating for us as it is for you because we didn't anticipate this. But Here's what we know. When we get the drawings from the architect, we're going to take those drawings to a builder and we're going to get a bid. And when we get a bid, then we'll know what our target is and we can proceed accordingly. Is that fair? Okay. As soon as we get that, those drawings, we'll take them to a builder, we'll get a bid, and then come back and present you with that opportunity. The bottom line is, we know we're facing challenges, some big, some big challenges. But you know what? We serve a big God. We serve a big God. God is faithful to meet the needs of those who would serve him in his kingdom, but God has always used his people to meet those needs. He's always used his people. That's why it's so, so very important that everyone take ownership of, of, of the, where we're at right now, this opportunity to reach the next generation for Jesus Christ. But as far as finding some space right now, that's been the challenge. Because there's just, if you live in this town, you know, there's just, there ain't, there ain't a whole lot of space out there, right? So that's why I'm excited to announce that uh, we are going to be renting some space up on Main Street. Uh, Sister Lori, uh, we've talked with her, and uh, where she, uh, where she uh, gives her yoga and classes. Do you still do Zumba too? I don't know if you still do they Do they even still do Zumba? Is that even a word anymore? But anyway, uh, where she does her, her yoga class, we are going to rent some space from her uh, so that uh, we can utilize that and, and, and help create some, hopefully, some, some more creative options here. Um, that space will be, there's the, the main part of that space will be used for Bible studies, uh, for growth groups, uh, for the next class. We've always wanted to offer the next class like during one of the three time slots so people wouldn't have to come back after the service. So uh, we'll start offering the next class over there during one of the time slots. Uh, so we're, we're just looking at different ways we can utilize that extra space over there. Um, but there's, going, there's a room over there as well that uh, we're going to move the pantry to. By moving the food pantry from back here over there, then that will free up some space here and give us some options for putting more chairs in, in the auditorium here. Um, so, um, yeah, let's, let's thank God for that because there, there's just not a whole lot of options. There's really not a whole lot of options. So I want to thank the Lord for opening that opportunity up for us. Um, but I'm not just excited about having the extra space. I'm excited about Family Church having a thumbprint on the bricks on Main Street. I think that'll be cool. Having, having, having family church, having that logo up there and letting people know that, uh, yeah, we are a place that anyone can come to. So, so again, thank you, thank you, thank you for honoring God with your giving so that we can do things like this. We're only here for a short time. 
According to the Bible, that time lasts about as long as a, a mist, a vapor, is how James says it. One second it's here, and the next it's gone. So that's why we're praying about launching a campus church in a community where they don't currently have a life-giving church. So yeah, we are on a mission. We are on a mission. But this isn't just for God. Understand, all this that we do for God isn't for his joy and happiness. Check this out. John 15, verse 11. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy, your joy may be complete. You see that? This is for our benefit. This is for our benefit. When we serve others in his name, sure, he likes it. But even more, he likes that it makes us happy when we do that. And by the way, this is the only, think about this. This is the only time that we're told joy is made complete. You want complete joy? Go serve others in Jesus' name. Our call is to bear much fruit, to do as much as we can while we're on this planet. This isn't, listen, listen, listen to me, dear ones. This isn't about getting bigger. This isn't about just getting bigger. This is about doing what Jesus asked us to do, which is go into all the world and preach the gospel. Follow Follow Jesus. That's how you come to know God. Connect with God's people. That's how you find freedom. Discover God's will. That's where you discover his purpose. And serve God's people. That's where you make a difference. Many of you already know this. Um, Kyle alluded to it, but last month, Sue and I celebrated 34 years of serving this church in this community. I guess it's kind of this month. It was kind of late July and early, early August, but 34 years of serving uh, this church in this community. When we moved here in August of 88, honestly, at the time, in my mind, I remember thinking, well, three to five years, we'll, we'll be there three to five years, and then God will you know, move us somewhere else. Uh, but apparently, God had other plans. Um, but I can honestly say that, that in the time that we've been here, the 34 years, these past three years have been the ride of our lives. Isn't that right, honey? It has been the ride of our lives. I kid you not. This has just been amazing, 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 amazing. But through this amazing time of harvest that we've been in over the past few years, one thing that God has been showing me, showing us, is uh, our time of leading this church is winding down. And I want you to know we have really, really wrestled with this a lot a lot. It's been a very difficult decision, one that we've not taken lightly. In fact, you can ask my wife. I have prayed more about this than anything I have ever prayed about. I prayed about this more than I prayed for a wife. And that turned out pretty good. Uh, seriously, I, I have prayed about this more than anything that I have ever prayed about. And uh, really trying to dial in what God's will is for us just in terms of our role here at the church. You know, it seems like I heard a preacher say once that we should pay attention to the tension. Did you, did you hear someone say that one time? <laughs> seems like I heard a preacher say we should pay attention to the tension, we should pay attention to the narrative, and that we should uh, pay attention to the voices of wisdom that are around you. Did you. Is that just me? Did you guys hear that too? So in wrestling with this, um, in paying attention to the tension, listening to the voices of wisdom around us, talking with my pastor, praying with my pastor, Brother Yancey, our district superintendent, talking with another, some other pastors, but another, another good friend, a presbyter in our, in our district, our good friends over at Hope Anthem, Jared and Lindsay Yancey. They've been walking with us through this as we've wrestled with this and praying about it and praying about it and guiding us through this, 
this process as well. During our time off last month in July, we continued to seek confirmation of God's will for us and, and family church going forward. And, and we really, we finally, we, we do believe that um, our time as lead pastors is, is winding down and we believe that we're to be a part of the leadership team, okay? We're, we're, we're to be a part of the team, but not, not as lead pastors. Those of you who've been coming here for a while know this, but we're where we are today. Listen, come on, you know this. We're where we are today. I know it's taking a team effort, but we're where we're at today because of that young man sitting right over there. It's been a team effort, but this team has been directed and steered by creative leadership, forward thinking, and vision. That he, it didn't come from me. I'm just telling you. They prop me up here and I preach. That's about it. Then they take me down, you know, <laughs> wind me up and then take me down. What I'm trying to tell you is what most of you have known for a while, what Sue and I have known almost from the day that they moved back, we still talk about this. When, when Colin Lauren moved back and the first Sunday that he did a host segment, we got home that day and we looked at each other and said, where did that kid come from? But we knew right then, we knew right then, he's the guy. When we leave, he's the guy. This is something many of you have known. It's something Sue and I have known. It's something that God has known. And now finally, finally, it's something that, that he and Lauren know, that God is calling Kyle to be the next lead pastor of Family Church. I, I presented to the board Kyle as a pastoral candidate to succeed me. The board agreed with that decision. Our bylaws state that a two-thirds vote is needed from the membership of Family Church for approval. So let me kind of walk you through what this is going to look like. That vote will be taken at a special celebration, not business meeting. Kyle said it's not a business meeting. It's a celebration. It's going to take place at a special celebration meeting to be scheduled very soon, very soon. At that celebration service, I and the board fully anticipate that you'll approve Kyle as the new lead pastor. When that happens, and listen to me here because this is very important, when that happens, at that moment, Kyle will become the lead pastor. At that moment, he will become the lead pastor because we can't have a two-headed monster. As good-looking as we both are, you cannot, in leadership, you cannot have a two-headed monster. All right? So... I will stay on in a supporting role as teaching pastor and fulfilling the pastoral duties and responsibilities that I've been doing for the past 34 years. Now, let me tell you what this doesn't mean. This doesn't mean that I'm retiring because I'm not. I still feel energized to do many of the things that I've always done. And, and according to research, I'm in the sweet spot of my productive years. That's true. Your most productive years are 60 to 70. Y'all didn't know that, did you? That is true. Our most productive years, not successful, the key word's productive. Our most productive years are 60 to 70. I'm in the sweet spot of that right now. So I'm just transitioning to areas of ministry where I can be more productive and so that Kyle can move into those areas where he can be more productive. I'm going to continue to serve. I'm going to continue to serve. We're going to continue to serve, Sue and I, as long as, as I'm able, as long as she's able, as long as you'll have us. So this is what I want you to know. Pastor C ain't going nowhere. Right? No, 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 no. It, 
turn to the person next to you and say, PC ain't going nowhere. Oh, some of you had a frown on your face when you said that. Like you're sad about that. Come on, let's, let's try this again. And, and even if you're sad, smile. Pastor C ain't good. No, no. PC ain't going nowhere. It's funny because over, over the past 34 years, there have been times I'd get discouraged and, and, and ministries, ministries, very fulfilling, but it's very hard sometimes because it's all relationship driven. And, and when it's hard, sometimes it can be very hard. And, uh, there's been a handful of times where it was very hard. And, and when that happened, I would try to get alone with God and just, God help me here. I don't know what to do. You know, I'd gripe and complain and whatever. And, uh, when I did this, when I get along with God, I, I would dream, but I would kind of, I, I would pray, but I would kind of dream and pray at the same time. And, and it would always be something like this. I said, God, can you just take me to a place? Can you just take me to a place, a church? Uh, we, we still want to be in ministry. I just don't want to be the lead guy. That's just too hard. I, I can't explain it to you, but when you're the lead guy, when, you're, when, you, when you carry that mantle, it's different. It really is different. And, and so I pray, God, God would, you, would you just... Take us to a church where I can just do what I've always done, what I love to do, teach the word, where I can speak into people's lives through premarital counseling, where I can be there for people on the happiest day of their life when they say their wedding vows to someone else, but also be there for them when, God forbid, on the worst day of their life, if they lose someone tragically or something like that. God, just take me somewhere where we can host a small group and just kind of fellowship with people. God, I still want to do the things that I'm doing. I, I just don't want to be the guy. Can't, can't, can't you do that for me, God? I was sharing this with Sue here just recently. And uh, as I'm kind of going through all these things, she said, she said, honey, you're doing your dream job right now. I said, I know. Isn't it great? I share that with you because I want you to know I ain't going anywhere. I've got my dream job right now. So I'm going to continue doing what I've been doing. Where you're going to see the change, okay, where you're going to see the change, it's going to be very gradual. Little by little, over the next few months, Kyle will start filling the pulpit on Sunday mornings. But, but I'll still be the teaching pastor, okay? I want you to understand that. But don't be surprised when you see Kyle starting to share a little bit more on Sunday mornings. He's taught, we've talked about this. He still wants to keep his job for now, which is good. You know, he can still do this and his job for now. And, you know, he just had, they just had a new addition to their family. His first ministry is his wife and his kids. So, you know, during this time of kind of, you know, this, this change of season of life for them with little baby Baker, you know, so, so we're going to kind of ease into this. So I want to conclude by circling back to this individual vision that God's given each of us because, because we're in this Kairos moment, this window of opportunity we need to, in, in the words of the Apostle Paul, we need to make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Not acting thoughtlessly, but understanding what the Lord wants you to do. So I always give you homework at the end of the sermons, right? Three questions. So here, here's your homework for this week. Are you taking the mission and vision of Family Church personally? Are you taking the mission and vision of Family Church personally? Are you the easiest place? Are you the easiest place? for your family and neighbors, your friends, to experience the love and forgiveness of Jesus? And are you taking your next step on your faith journey? 
Next month, we're going to be starting a new series titled, It's Time. Because, see, during the summer season, that was a time of rest, rejuvenation. Remember, we talked about it. It's going to be a Sabbath. That's why Sue and I took that month off. So, you know, we're coming out of this season of rest. But, folks, it's time to get back to work. It's time to get back to work. Because literally and spiritually, we're moving into harvest time. We're moving into harvest time. And it is time to get back to work because Jesus said the fields are white unto harvest and the laborers are few. So we need to get back to work. Far too many, far too many people have disengaged from the church. It's time to come back and recommit to worshiping together. It's time to recommit to, your spirit, to the spiritual disciplines of spending, setting aside that time at the, at the beginning of each day to spend with God. It's time to, to be the light that Jesus called us to be. Time to be, be that salt to kind of, you know, flavor the gospel in a way that's appealing to people. Start inviting your friends over for dinner. Talk to them about faith. Ask if you can pray for them. Invite them to church. I already mentioned we're going to be doing our At the Movie series in late November and December. That's an excellent time to invite people to church. But don't wait till then. The time is now. Start inviting people now. This is the place in the sermon where I give an invitation for people to follow Jesus. But this morning I'm going to I'm going to change it up just a little bit. In his instructions to the first century church in Ephesus, the Apostle Paul once said this. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. Follow me insofar as I follow Christ. This morning, I want to invite you to follow us, follow Family Church, insofar as we follow Christ, as we're moving through this Kairos moment. I started reading a book a couple of weeks ago by Craig Rochelle titled Lead Like It Matters. Lead Like It Matters. That word, it's kind of a play on words because what he's talking about through the whole book, he's talking, what he, basically he's talking about those kairos moments that a church, that God gives a church. He's talking about that intangible thing that you really can't quantify it, but you just know it's there when you come to church. As I'm reading this, I'm thinking, Gosh, that's, that's kind of describing us because I kind of feel like, man, there's this thing that's been going on. And, and I'm, I'm looking at that verse in Ephesians, and I'm thinking, yeah, that's what it's talking about, that Kairos moment. Lead like it matters. This was two weeks ago I started reading that. Last week, last week after the 11 o'clock service, a lady was walking out that had never been here before, first time. So Colleen introduced me to her, and I you know, was just talking to her, and and had met her through the pantry, but anyway, um, so I'm talking to her, and and I just asked her, you know, did you enjoy this? Yeah, I enjoyed the service, and and I said, that, well, you're welcome to come back anytime. And I don't remember exactly the words, but she said, oh, I'm coming back. She said, because you guys have it. You guys have it. Lead like it matters. We have it, folks. The thing is, we don't know how much time we have with it. Who would have thought 26 years ago that these two knuckleheads would grow up to play an instrumental part in the Kairos moment in time, that window of opportunity in the church that they grew up in? I'm telling you, folks, I'm excited about what God is doing and is going to continue to do, and you should be too. You should be too. You should be too. Bow your heads and let me pray for you. Lord, help us, help us embrace your vision for us individually, yes, so we can move forward in your vision for us as your church. And whatever your next step is, 
now's the time to take it. Now's the time to take it. And as we look to you, the truth of your word, the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, help us be good stewards of this Kairos moment, this opportunity, this special moment in time that you've given us as your church. We pray these things in your name. Amen.